Hello, and welcome to another episode of Business of Eye Innovation. I'm Chris Morrill, the founder and general manager of MedDevice Consulting. And with me today is Bernie Haffey, one of the board of directors of MedDevice Consulting and a newly published author. Um, Bernie just recently had a book published by Simon & Schuster uh, talking about his, his performance management system and the title of the new book is called Cutting Through. Um, Bernie, welcome to the podcast. I mean, you and I have known each other for a fair number of years, but I'm still really excited about the opportunity to, to talk to you today about Cutting Through and HPMS. Chris, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So I've known you for many years as, as uh, one of the forces behind some of the most successful startups in ophthalmology history. Um, but according to your bio, you started out as a physics teacher and an ice hockey coach in, in Morriston, Morristown, New Jersey. And I'm, I'm curious to know how the path of a physics teacher and sports coach leads you to, to where you are today. Excellent. Excellent question. Um, yeah, I, I started life after college as a physics teacher and a hockey coach, uh, primarily because I didn't know what to do uh, with, uh, with with my liberal arts uh, degree. I had was thinking about graduate school of some sort, actually medical medical school, um, and uh, and so uh, I ended up going to business school and 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 starting a career in, in med tech with Hewlett Packard, and then. Uh, Mentor Corp. And uh, in 1997, I learned uh, the system that I write about in, in the book, um, the high performance management system. And I think it, it, brought, it brought my science background, uh, my sports background, uh, what, I, what little I knew about leadership together uh, in, um, in a very powerful way. Uh, I know, for example, that great sports teams play through an agreed system, a set of rules, a set of conditions where uh, each member of the team uh, knows their role and how it relates to uh, their teammates' roles. Uh, and there's trust and there's confidence and there's, if you wanna say, uh, a choreography, a clear, um, a clear way that, you know, the. Uh, the dance uh, on the ice or on the field, uh, you know, should should happen. And uh, at 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 Summit Technology in '97, when I learned, you know, this this system, I would say that uh, a lot of that, uh, a lot of my background in, in sports and in science came together, um, and uh, and I became, you know, somewhat of an evangelist of of systems thinking. Uh, management systems uh, uh, execution uh, in, uh, in in business. I've I've said frequently that if you put the leadership team at, at, uh, of of Summit or Intralase or any of the other now over fifty companies I've consulted with on a, on a stage and you turn some music on, you'd see a you'd see a beautiful dance. You'd see um, uh, folks um, handing off smoothly you wouldn't see anybody running into each other um, each 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 member of that um, dance troupe would know uh, their moves and and how it relates to uh, uh, 
their 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 fellow dancers. So in in '97, when you moved from Mentor to to Summit, that sort of started your journey, I guess, into more of a startup environment. What were the what kind of shift was required? Was any kind of shift required um, to move from a fairly large corporation into a startup environment? And great, granted, at that point, Summit had approval um, in most of the world and was really the first uh, refractive laser company on the market. Um, so I'm sure that, that there was a lot of growth happening at that point in time. Yeah. So what, what was it well, like stepping into that environment? Well, a lot went into that. Uh, most people thought I was crazy, uh, you know, moving, first of all, moving from Santa Barbara, California to Boston, Massachusetts, and joining a, you know, going from a successful company to one that was, 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 um, was broken in, in, in many ways. Um, uh, a lot of what was, was, was behind that was kind of where we were, um, at Mentor at that time, uh, where the cataract market was, uh, and and my view that cornea refractive uh, was going to take off, and we had fifty five thousand PRK in the U.S. and in ninety six, which was the first year of approval. Yet, uh, I, I firmly believe that it was going to run up to a million plus procedures a year in the in 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 the U.S. Uh, had enough friends that were in the market um, doing uh, PRK and and, uh, and 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 eventually um, LASIK and knew how satisfied uh, the patients were, uh, especially with LASIK, and uh, and could kind of connect those dots. And said to myself at the time that you know that um, if I was going to stay in ophthalmology, which was a question at that somewhat of a question at that time, I would. Uh, it would be in the corneal refractive area, right? Um, and around that same time, Summit Board um, made a change at the CEO level, brought Bob Palmazano in to replace David Muller. Uh, I met with Bob and, uh, and really bought into his vision for the company of uh, meaning more to our customers and, uh, and, and bringing a system uh, in to, uh, to ensure focus and, and execution on the things that um, were gonna make us a successful company. That, that brings up, and, and you've since gone on, I should mention you, you went on to work with Bob again at Interlace. That's right. And, and I also, you know, we worked, we worked together at Interlace, got a chance to work with Bob and, and I was always struck by his, his calmness and his, you know, certainty in a way about, you know, the path and, and what needed to be done. And um, Interlace remains to me one of the high watermarks in, in my career. Um, and I think a lot of that had to go down to the, to the approach and the execution of that company and bringing a new technology to market. And can you, can you, was it was it Bob? Because he certainly wasn't the first CE. You know, he wasn't the first leader at Interlace. But what what was it about that that point? And I think that kind of a, a juxtaposition to me of a point in time, 
a technology and a team focused around its determination to really be successful in the market. Yeah, well, there's um, a lot to that story too, and there's some of it um, in, in in the book. Uh, but yeah, we some it was about a four year uh, journey from. Um, from kind of where we started with about a hundred million market cap to a billion dollar exit. It wasn't easy. We had, we had to sell off the vision centers, the contact lens business, really focus on the technology, make an acquisition. Uh, and, um, uh, and, and in the end, it, it turned out really, really well. Intralase was a different challenge. It was a market adoption challenge. Um, customer, most customers, weren't willing to pay $475,000 for a microkeratome and pay a, a $150 per eye a disposable patient interface, disposable patient interface fee. Um, and so we had to kind of crack that code um, and understand what we could do to, um, uh, uh, to change the market. Um, it was a, a uh, an earlier stage technology than where we were uh, at Summit and had some unique challenges. I would say from a system standpoint though, we took HPMS as a system up to a higher level. You know, we, we, the, whole, the foundation of HPMS is continuous improvement. Make it better based on feedback and what you've learned. Um, and I think by the time, you know, Bob and I got to Intralase, uh, we had developed um, just a deep understanding and, and, and common view uh, around the power of this, this management system and kind of where we, how we wanted to, 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 to deploy it, um, you know, at Intralase, both in terms of the broad sort of cultural elements um, down to the specifics of uh, problem solving and, and um, and, and improvement based on, you know, clear stakeholder uh, inputs. And so um, somewhat of a different challenge, but a very similar outcome, right? We, we sold uh, uh, Intralase for just over 800 million to, to AMO, uh, probably, uh, uh, probably undersold it a little bit. I think we could have gone a little further and, uh, you know, with it at, 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 at that time. But, um, but yeah, that was also one of the first sort of work from home uh, jobs um, that, uh, that, that I had. It was, we were a little ahead of our time. I wasn't willing to move back to California. And so uh, from 2003 to 2007, I was executive uh, VP and chief commercial officer working from my, uh, uh, my video studio in, uh, in, in Boston, um, which, uh, which included about $15,000 of Tamburg, uh, equipment and a T1 line and all this crazy stuff, uh, to do what we're doing seamlessly now <laughs> on zoom. Uh, but, uh, but a big part of that too, was the trust that, that, that Bob and I developed through the summit experience really enabled that remote uh, working uh, relationship to be successful. Okay, there's uh, unpacking unpacking that. There's about three different directions I'd like to go. That's in. right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, 
which path are we going to follow right now? I'll come back to the working from home because that, that's an interesting question in, in this point in this this current environment that we, we operate under. But I, I think a, a big question in my mind about HPMS, um, as somebody who's never been a fan of um, team building, man, you know, systems that come in, but consistently, when I talk to people who've been through HPMS with your with your firm, um, there's a there's a, a tangibility to the outcome and and the process mm -hmm. and or the process and the outcome, and I find that very interesting. And and as a disclaimer, the Med Device team um, will be going through this in a couple of weeks' time. But but what is it about HPMS that does help companies? broaden their success and create a sustainable, a sustainable success, success. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to it. <laughs> I think it starts with, with, with inputs, uh, clear voice of customer, voice of employee and voice of shareholder inputs. There can be more stakeholders than that, but really um, deeply understanding uh, those, um, those inputs. We, it, uh, HPMS is built on a foundation of quality practices and principles. Um, most important of those is probably continuous improvement. Uh, and so uh, uh, starting with a clear understanding of, of, of what your key stakeholders expect uh, puts you in a position where you can deliver on those expectations. I, simplest definition of quality for me is when you get what you expect, or maybe a little more than what you expect, right? And so, how do you deliver quality? You really deeply understand, you know, what those those expectations are. Um, specific to to intralays, of course, we surveyed our customers on a regular basis, uh, and uh, at launch, we were ten kilohertz. We were ten kilohertz uh, uh, system, uh, requiring about two minutes to to create a a corneal flap. Uh, for, for LASIK, clearly that wasn't satisfactory. It was the lowest scoring item uh, in our early surveys. And then we went to 15 kilohertz and finally got to 30 kilohertz and, a, and about a, a, a 30 second flat. And uh, I think my colleague, Charlene Gautier and her team in R&D felt like, uh, you know, at 30 kilohertz, they'd done enough to take, in fact, the the, the earliest systems were at five kilohertz and then 10, 15, 30. Um, and then going from 15 to 30, you know, that's a doubling of the speed and, and roughly half the, the procedure time. Uh, and uh, and R&D was ready to move on to the next thing, you know, the, uh, and there, were, there was quite a list uh, of, 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 of projects. Um, unfortunately, the customer uh, got in the way of, of those other projects and, even at 30 kilohertz said, you know, it's just not still not fast enough. And that's the number one, you know, opportunity based on analysis, based on score uh, and correlation to overall satisfaction. And that's the, the, the part of understanding those stakeholders is, is, is gathering the data in the right way and analyzing it in the right way. And so um, at 30 kilohertz, we, we knew that Speed, speed of the system remained the lowest score uh, item, and it was also high, most highly correlated to willingness um, to recommend. And so um, uh, it was uncomfortable 
kind of an uncomfortable conversation when we got this new data uh, going into a HPMS, we call them HPMF uh, offsites where we refreshed our, our, our one page strategy. And um, in that, you know, at 30 kilohertz, uh, it, it, it remained the number one dissatisfier. And so um, we stuck to the system. We doubled the speed of the laser yet again to 60 kilohertz. And, and at that point, you know, you'd say probably the rest is history. We got it down to about a 15 second flap. And uh, I still remember, you know, Robert Maloney, Carrie Seal, several names that you know well, uh, who were on the sidelines because of speed, you know, jumped on, you know, jumped on board. And, and so I, I like that story because, you know, it's, it's not only critical to understand what your customer wants or needs, uh, but not to translate that or try to sidestep it or interpret it or, or put too much of an internal view uh, on that uh, on that customer input. And so, you know, back to Bob, credit Bob Palmisano with having the discipline to say, um, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to, that's going to go go on to our, what we call our vital few, our short list of highest priorities. And we're going to execute on a 30 kilohertz system because that's what we're hearing from the customer. Um, wasn't the most comfortable thing uh, to do internally. And, uh, uh, and if, you know, if we had taken an internal view, internal discussion, uh, we probably would have, you know, and I see that in a lot of companies, they, it's much more comfortable to take the internal perspective, internal opinion, and go yeah. with that versus really no kidding, um, tying your improvements uh, to the stakeholder. And that, that's a customer example, we, you know, the same can be said of the employee voice as, as, as perhaps the most important stakeholder really understanding, you know, your employee uh, satisfaction, employee engagement, employee willingness to recommend and focusing on the, you know, the one or two key things um, that you can do to drive improvement there. And then finally, you know, shareholder, same thing, the financial community, really understanding that. Um, and so that's really where HPMS starts. It starts with, with clear inputs, you know, and then, and then from there, it's, it's, that's really it. From there, it becomes a system that starts with strategy, uh, the most important things relative to everything else we call vital few, and then structured problem solving uh, for for each uh, vital few that is selected. And that's the structured problem uh, pro, uh, problem solving is really probably where my background in science came came to play in the in uh, in appreciating this this system and that. Uh, structured problems, you know, the ancestor of structured problem solving is a scientific method, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And as, as, as my partner, Louis Blowian likes to say, don't, don't folks get this? You know, this is why, you know, we're now, people are living past 40 years old and why we fly airplanes, you know, millions and millions of miles a year and have very few, and on and on. Don't people get, so why wouldn't you use a method, uh, uh, a closed loop, structured method to solve problems and opportunities in your business. It's maddeningly obvious to, 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 to Lewis because like me, he started life as a, in, in physics before he went into engineering and became a lean Six Sigma black belt. But, uh, but it is, it, it did have, you know, a uh, combination of, uh, of, of having clear strategic choices linked to stakeholders and then using 
a very structured team-based uh, agreed common language and method uh, for, for problem solving and opportunity solving through, um, you know, th through a closed loop. So you've got strategy execution connected in a closed loop system. Um, just like, you know, and I'll go all the way back to sports, your, your offense systems should connect to your defensive systems through transition, right? And all that should be perfectly clear to the players on the ice or, 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 the, or, 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 or the football field. And, 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 and so that, you know, bringing it back to where we started this interview, there's science, there's sports, uh, there's quality, uh, all kind of in, uh, in, in one place. Okay. Just in a, as an aside, when you said carry a seal, I had a flash to Roy Freeman and I going up to a seal not too long after he got the 60 hertz and visiting him and making sure he was happy. Was there anything, you yep. know, so we did a lot of that at Interlace, mm -hmm. um, you know, spending time with the customers in the OR. Um, and, and I think that that makes a, it makes a huge difference. That voice of the customer thing. Um, okay, so the other, the other in, in your previous comment, talking about working from home, and you were really a pioneer on this, and, and I've pretty much worked from home since um, probably 2003 now. Um, mm -hmm. In the current environment where, you know, with COVID restrictions, et cetera, what are the challenges to operating a company that is decentralized, and how can HPMS help? companies manage to that? Yeah, it's a great, a, a great question. Um, the, you know, first technologies is, is critical in my view. And, and when, um, when, when we decided to start working like this back in 03, uh, initially I was consulting to Intralase and I was trying to help Bob find a, a chief commercial officer and uh, say, he knew I wasn't going to move to Orange County, and uh, at that time, and uh, we were uh, we, we couldn't find sort of the right person. And and Bob finally came to me. Said, well, the obvious thing is for you to do it. I know you're not going to move, but here's how we're going to do it. You're going to we're going to install this video system in in your home. Um, again, it was a fifteen thousand dollar rack system from Tanberg. We had a six hundred dollar a month T one line from Verizon coming into the home to, to handle the video uh, signal. And, uh, and so leveraging technology, but you know, leveraging the video uh, aspect, I, I say you can, do just, you can do just about everything except for smell somebody you know, through, through, uh, uh, you know, through, through, through video. Um, it was a requirement really for me to take that role to be visibly present at his staff meetings. And I started using it for my staff meetings and installed some systems. And you probably remember Paul Barrows, he had a system, he was running international and Ted Devna was running the US. He had a system and, um, and, uh, and, and so using technology, it's, in fact, it, it's, it's odd to me, um, even now in, 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 in 2021 that, how inexpensive and how effective uh, Zoom and Teams and other platforms are that some people leave their video off, right? It's like, gee, what do you, you know, this is an opportunity to see expression, to show that you're really focused on the conversation, uh, yet, yet folks um, 
sometimes um, uh, 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 don't do that. But yeah, I think having a system is having a common language, having common tools um, facilitates that uh, that 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 uh, you know that that remote work work um, as well. Uh, I think you know most ninety nine point nine percent of people want to do a good job. Just put them in the right environment, put them in the right system, and they're they're going to do a good job. And that point one percent is easily identifiable, right? Um, uh, whether you're all in you know under one roof or you're all in uh, in in disparate uh, places, but having a common set of values, common way of of behaving, uh, a clear vision for the organization, a mission that says what you do for whom and 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 why, and then a clear set of priorities and a method, um, I think, does help facilitate and make that you know those remote teams uh, more uh, more efficient. So I, I think it's great. I, just the way the world is now adopted um, to, uh, or most of the world is adopted to uh, remote work and and uh, and and leveraging the wonderful technology that we have uh, today. Yeah, when you think think about even five years ago, um, you know, it was dial-in conference calls, and you know, vi- when you tried to do video conferencing, it normally didn't didn't end very well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we've we've progressed by leaps and bounds. Um, our you know our listeners are you know our our client base customer base for Med Device is varied. So you know we're working with startup strategics um, surgeons. Um, what would be your your take home message or your takeaway message to people listening to the podcast about how an HPMS system can can impact an ophthalmology practice or a startup or or even a, a, a big strategic? Yeah, well, let's we could start with 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 at the practice level. Uh, absolutely, this is you know this is a system that you know is effective. In small businesses, mid-sized businesses, large businesses, I continue to work with Medtronic, who are you know the number one, the largest med tech company uh, on the planet. And in some cases, I'll work with two or three folks in a Series A uh, uh, financing. Right? It's 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 uh, um, agnostic to size. It's also agnostic to whether it's a for-profit, non-profit. We've done some work in the non. Um, Profit area, but as far as practices in particular, and I we share a common friend, Vance Thompson in Sioux Falls. Vance adopted this system. Um, I want to say seven, around seven years ago, seven eight years ago, and and he had seen it in operation at, at Summit. He'd seen it in operation at Intralays. He said, "Gee, you know, is this something that uh, could could help the practice?" and uh, and and with his partner John Birdall, who's a, also a former uh, physicist, uh, they adopted this with um, you know at the 110 percent level, um, both leaned in and and in the meantime they've you know and I, it's not just the system but they've doubled their volumes in cataract and and corneal refractive uh, they've expanded their footprint to several other locations and and by the way that doubling is same store Vance and John's volume independent of the uh, of the ac- of, of the acquisitions um, 
the, the number one patient dissatisfier at, at, at Vance Thompson Vision when we surveyed the patients was, was wait time uh, and total time, right? And so that was the kind of the speed of the laser uh, equivalent at, 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 at Vance. And, and, uh, and John, you know, went, we went at that with process and we went at that with technology and we went that went after that holistically sort of from the parking lot back to the parking lot. What are all the steps? Where's the time going? Where are the bottlenecks? Where's the, you know, um, where, where are the, where are the opportunities to, to make that customer experience, uh, a, a lot better. And, um, and again, you know, driving improvements, driving priorities, clearly based on, in, in that case, uh, uh, voice of patient. Um, there, uh, there have been a few other practices that have adopted it uh, along the way. Sandy Feldman is another one that comes to mind uh, as, uh, as a science-minded uh, individual who, uh, you know, was one of our, our, our customers in Trelays. And she said to me once at a meeting, Bernie, where do you get these amazing people? You know, the, how come you get better people at Intralase than any other company in ophthalmology? And I, Sandy's a good friend, so I indulged her in, in sort of the normal distribution of people discussion and, and the fact that um, she was feeling the quality of, the, of our processes more probably than the individual um, uh, uh, people. Um, and just like when you go to Ritz-Carlton, it's it's really not the people at Ritz as much as it is the, the quality of their, of, of their um of their greeting to farewell process. They're all on the same pro uh, language, same structure, whether it's the valet or the general manager or the house cleaner or the sommelier, they're all on a basic um, three-step, you know, um, uh, in, in empowerment process. And that's the, that, you feel that quality in Ritz. She was feeling that quality. I think a lot of our customers felt that quality uh, at, uh, at, at, at Intralase. And I, I think, uh, um, you know, it, it can apply there uh, to any any medical practice that's willing to sort of open their mind and, and think a little bit differently. Okay. Well, Bernie Haffey, thank you um, so much for joining us today on the Business of Eye Innovation and talking about your, your new book, which is available, I believe, through Amazon, um, published by Simon & Schuster. Yep. It's um, on my reading list. I haven't started reading it yet, but I certainly intend to, and hopefully before we see each other in a couple of weeks. Um, but really appreciate the time and your insight into how companies, teams can function better. Thanks again for having me.